0: Welcome back to a new episode of Bitch Breathe. I am your host, Ricardia Bramley. So, I live in Germany, and where I live, everyone is going to Portugal, it seems, or to La Mexico, maybe Costa Rica. But there's digital nomads apparently everywhere. I live in Berlin, so that might not come as a surprise. And it seems to me, it seems to many of us, that digital nomads sure know how to live life. And The way it looks, I sometimes think they got it all right. You know, they're living in these beautiful places, these totally Instagram-worthy landscapes, and you're sitting there thinking, what am I doing? And there's nothing wrong with seeing something you want. In fact, I'm going to be honest with you, I very much want to be a digital nomad one day in the not-so-distant future. I love what goes into this whole idea also, that idea of personal growth, that there's so many possibilities and thought leaders out there who can inspire us to transcend where we are now and to really reach goals that maybe we would alone not have thought possible. And so to be able to sort of propel your transformation forward is not just a gift, it's a privilege. And I know personally that I would be a totally different person if I hadn't had access to these workshops and people and books and podcasts that I thought were both inspirational and transformational, to use some of all those new agey words. All those things are good and I've been a huge benefactor of this tendency, or some call this the Aquarian age, whatever it is. But you sense a big butt coming on, right? I mean, the title of the episode is probably a little more telling than some of you might be comfortable with. So why am I sort of antagonizing here? Why am I saying to go ahead and fuck living your best life? I want to start out with a book that I read. It's a book called Wanting by Luke Burgess. I think his name is pronounced. And it describes a really interesting phenomenon. Now, you know how when you yawn, somebody who's in your vicinity or even on a Zoom call will also start yawning. So this is not a hugely new insight, right? We all know that we tend to sort of copycat some behaviorisms of those people around us. But he, in his book, Took it a step further, and he talks about this phenomenon he's calling mimesis. And you can see the word mime in there, right? Miming behavior, copying behavior. And what he talks about there in a not unprovocative way, or he observes this idea that many of us haven't actually identified what we want, we only have identified what people around us want people on social media, people in our family, our friendship circles, maybe even work. And he goes on, and this will go too deep, but he goes on about thick desires and thin desires, I think, and about how those thick desires are the real ones, the things we truly from a very deep inner space in ourselves want versus thin desires that seem like a good idea that we've seen some other person do and that we might even want because this other person whom we have embellished with whatever qualities we think are desirable and so we want those things too. And it wasn't until I read this book that I realized This whole idea of also then wanting to go to Portugal, which I had planned on last year, wasn't entirely my own. In fact, I had recently been out of a job. I was looking for a new one. I was desperately trying to find remote work in the process. And so I was hunting, hunting, trying to figure out how to get this digital nomad situation going already. At some point, I found a new job. Ironically, this job was not just in Berlin, It also didn't and still doesn't allow for a whole lot of remote work. It is a job that needs you to know a lot and really be part of Berlin. And I thought, how ironic. The one thing I really wanted was to get out of here. (laughs) And now I'm stuck in this job where I can't. And then I actually realized, you know what? I'm really enjoying this structure. I'm actually enjoying being in Berlin. It feels like a really safe place. Uh, Even if we've got a war going on, not too far. Maybe especially because we've got a war going on not so far from us. While I was starting to work there, I realized, you know, all that wanting to get away here, that restlessness, it hadn't really been mine. Somebody I had been very, very close to recently moved to Portugal, and I was longing to be with that person, and that's why I wanted to get there. That was his dream, but it wasn't necessarily mine. So that's when I realized, while I was reading this book, I had actually been caught in a pattern of mimesis, of wanting something that somebody else whom I thought and still think was a very valuable, smart, whatever, desirable personality, what they wanted, not what I wanted. And since we're already on the subject of comparison, you know it's gonna come up, right? Comparison is the road to hell. We all know it. Social media, don't even get me started. I was thinking to myself the other day, I was looking at this person I know, she had also moved to Portugal. What is it with Portugal, people? But I feel like half of Berlin is there. So she had moved there. She's rather well off. She's married, so she doesn't really need to make a lot of money. And she was teaching everybody in this one post how to keep everything in a light space even as there's a war going on and climate change and all these things and I caught myself raging inwardly at this woman I'm like how dare you tell everybody to keep it light and stay with the light living your privileged little existence over there and you don't have to work and had all these things I was inwardly throwing at the poor woman and I thought to myself that says so much about my unhappiness with where I am and so very little about this other woman, who, by the way, is a, is a wonderful person, I'm sure. So I realize why am I following people on social media that I don't think are entirely sincere about where they are and how much money they're making or what that dream it is they're living? And why don't I just consequently stop following them? So that's my other takeaway, is that if we feel like someone's provoking us, good, because that means we're seeing something we want. However, when this wanting becomes something we only want because this other person is making it look so good, but we actually have a nice life situation, then we need to question why we're following them. And another thing I asked myself, actually a friend of mine said this to me the other day, she was saying to me, well, what's wrong with a small life, if we want to call it that? What's wrong with just raising your kids, having a nice job, maybe you even have a life partner, couple of hobbies, really good circle of friends. What's wrong with that life? How come that has no longer or it no longer is something that is worthy? I didn't fully come into this realization or re-realization until one day through my work, I was hanging out with a bunch of Ukrainian artists. They were fresh off the train from the Ukraine, having fled the war there. And these are amazing artists. If you're in Berlin, you should check them out. They're the Ukrainian culture community, or UCC, in uh, the west of Berlin. And they actually live in a former brothel. And there's about 16 or 18 of them, and I think they share two bathrooms. And it wasn't until the next day that I went to my bathroom that I thought, wow, I have a bathroom entirely to myself. I don't have to share it with 15 or 16 other souls every morning when I'm trying to get ready for work. And not that they have a horrible situation, but when you compare in that direction, you start to realize, you know, it's, it's kind of good here. And not to get that comparative suffering going on. It doesn't mean that when you are unhappy in a comfy situation that your unhappiness isn't valid. That's not what I'm trying to say. But to sort of keep a perspective of where you're at when you do enter the comparison of where other people are. One thing, one dynamic I thought was very interesting to observe was that I, in this aspiration of wanting to live my biggest life, being a digital nomad, having freedom, having beautiful landscapes that I live in, being my own captain of my own ship, while all these I don't want to call them fantasies, but at least for now, these dreams were happening. I noticed some sort of guilt that they weren't, that they weren't in place yet. Here I am in my 40s. I no longer have to raise small children. I don't have a life partner who ties me down. So why do I feel guilty about not achieving my best, biggest life? And I call it self-improvement guilt because I saw myself caught up in a situation where When people were transforming and they were going to these workshops and they seemed to be achieving their goals and they were becoming these incredibly successful coaches, I kept thinking to myself, if I just read this one more book or attend this one more workshop or reach out to this one more person, then I will have transformed so successfully that the entire life that I'm dreaming about will follow naturally. And though that is partially true, I think our mindsets have so much to do with what we can or cannot do in life. I also don't think that they are the only factor that determines how we live our lives. I know that we've come into this sort of zeitgeist where we think great mind, great life, or if you change your mind, you change your life. That is true. I do believe that to a certain degree. But I also think even that concept deserves a little questioning or so. And so that when we don't achieve what we're trying to set our minds to, that we don't then pervert this whole idea by feeling guilty for not achieving, for not accomplishing. And I'm going to go into that particular topic a little more in one of my next episodes when I'm going to talk about the side hustle and about actually achieving more than maybe that you have right now, but obviously without the self-improvement guilt. So... Tune in for that one in the next couple of episodes, but for now, suffice it to say that if we're not self-improving as fast as we want to, if we're not transforming like a caterpillar on speed, it's fine. doesn't mean we're lazy or that we lack ambition or that we're not resilient or that we don't have any vision of what our life should stand for. It doesn't have to mean that. Of course, if you are lazy, <laughs> maybe look into it but I've noticed that at least in my circle of friends, there's not a single lazy person there. In fact, very much the opposite. People are working and being productive in such exorbitant ways that you you just want everybody to slow the fuck down. So just sort of keeping in mind that everybody transforms, if we want to call it that, or progresses or lives in their own pace with the own lessons that we need to individually learn. Without wanting to get too preachy about this, I do have a few things that I started to do that I wanted to share with you today. And one of the main things I really think, because we can't really choose family, and family can be a complex thing and very problem-laden or just full of history you don't want to think of, but what you can choose is your friends, and you can choose them wisely. And what do I mean by that? I don't mean choose just the one kind of friend. But to have those that are very settled in their ways, like one of my best friends, I love him to death, but he's totally comfortable with where he's at. Like he just likes his life. And even though I know he could achieve incredible things in his career, he's like, I'm good. I might do that later. And I love just how comfortable he is with not being part of the rat race. It's just, it's an incredible beauty to just watch a person who's entirely content with where they are right now. I love it. I can only wish you all that you at least have one friend like my friend who just totally gets what life is about for him and who's a very happy and content person. But then there's also the ones that are more restless and they're very valuable friends too, because again, they show us where maybe we could also want to go. Again, separating. Is this their dream now or is it mine? But to be open, to be inspired. And I have a very good friend who totally inspired me to really grow beyond myself, to really stretch beyond my limits and go through a lot of pain to get there. But get there, I did, or I still am in the process of. And I'm so happy because out of that came my book and indeed this podcast. So having what I'm calling the ones that are content and the restless ones, because you're going to want to have both. And another thing I noticed after reading that book, the wanting book, I started to develop a bit of a habit where maybe you'd like to try this one too. So the next time you find yourself wanting something, really feeling like, hmm, really I I, got to put as, as little distance between that and my life where I am right now as fast as I can. If you come into that situation, step back a moment and become a detective about where that want is coming from, and of course, whether it is really yours. Did it come up because you saw a special post that day? Did it come up due to a certain conversation you've had? Maybe an event you went to, a movie you saw. Nothing wrong with having aspirations, people, right? Like that's not what it's all about. But to truly understand, is this a real desire coming from a very real place inside you and only you know if it is that place? if this is what Luke Burgess calls a thick desire. For me, for example, it took forever to figure out that my really, really thick desire is to share my experiences with other people, to write them down, to podcast them, and to be of service in that way. And so knowing when the want is yours and becoming really curious about when that might not be the case. We all know this saying, right? The grass is always greener on the other side. So when we notice, that the grass seems to be greener on the other side. Maybe we can start asking ourselves, what kind of sour patch of grass are we standing on over here? And what can we do to make it better? And I thought about that for a certain while when, of course, because that's how synchronicity works in life, when you really sort of Hone in on a certain subject, I find that subject starts to pop up all the time, right? Like the yellow mailbox. As soon as you start looking for one, everything yellow looks like a mailbox. And it was Marianne Williamson's post on Instagram that showed up for me at that time. And I'm heavily paraphrasing now because I can't remember it exactly. But she said something along the lines of The grass isn't always greener where the other life, person, house, car, whatever it is you're wanting stands. And that indeed, in order to get to this other place or, or status that you are desiring, you'd best be served if you cultivate, curate, and take care of where it is that you are now. Because it turns out where you are right now is very much an indicator of where you could be. So sort of embellishing, making more beautiful where we are now with the people we are with there is no way that if we do that we don't get to where it is that we want to go and she says so you don't like your apartment very much you want to have a beach house take really good care of the apartment where you at right now maybe you're thinking that there's someone better out there your partner's not bad and you're not having any sort of abusive or or troublesome situations but you're kind of wondering is there something better then maybe it's a good idea, I don't know, I'm the breakup coach, (laughs) maybe we need to bring in a marriage counselor, but maybe it's a good idea to invest more heavily into your existing relationship again. Are you really putting all your effort into it? I'm not saying put all your eggs in one basket, right? Just cautionary tale there. But to sort of understand that what we invest into our now will very much guide, inform, and maybe even expedite where we want to go. And I'm not just quoting Marianne Williamson because I think she's great and what she says it's true. I'm quoting her because that has also been my experience. I remember really well, I was living in New York at the time and anyone who's lived or been in New York knows those apartments are fucking small. Unless you have like a lot of money, you're living in tight quarters. I didn't mind it so much, you get used to things so, so quickly sometimes, especially when you're a young person, and I still try to do it now where I'm a still youngish person, but I remember that whenever I did put in effort into my life where I was now, that something better did come. It wasn't the longing for this other that made that other come true. It was the investing myself heavily into the what is that made the other come true whether that was a bigger apartment. I finally lived in a really great place in New York, but then I moved away from the city (laughs) a few months later, that's life for you. But what I'm trying to say is I can absolutely confirm that when we really give of ourselves in a situation to another person, to our jobs, our children goes without saying. And if we can, I guess Eckhart Tolle is always telling us to do, be present. And notice, where am I missing something here? What's missing? Can I maybe provide that? That actually that is when you start to model a life like the one that you might be desiring. And so actually you come to realize that what you have is very much full of the potential of where you want to go. And all you have to do is to just show up for it. So that is what I wanted to share with you today while speaking about this whole idea of living your best life because for me for a while it had turned very toxic and i needed to make some changes to understand that that was not the right strategy for me to get the things i want and to live my life in the meantime so i'm wondering what does your big or better life look like what does that feel like for you when you go on social media i'd love to hear from you I'd also love it if you want to write to me if you're going through, this is a little bit more unrelated, through a breakup or you're thinking about a breakup, whatever it is that might be in the breakup energy, I'd love for you to reach out to me. For both, you can use my email ricardia at thebreakupcall.com. I've also written a book about the subject that is scheduled to be published by the end of next year. So I'm happy to hear from you. Until then, I hope you are indeed living your best life and not feeling like you're a slave to that idea. Until next time, everybody, thank you for listening. Bye-bye.